Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Touchdown. My name is Brandon Muting. And I am Nick Sainert. All right, so usually we don't talk about college football, but, you know, we're getting close to the college playoffs. We are today. We are today. See, I don't know enough about college football to talk about it. So that's why Nick is going to have a little topic on college football. Take it away, Nick. See, I'm excited about this because I've been waiting for my time. So here we go. Here we go. College football. So we're just going to cover one topic real quick, and it's going to be very short. So then if you're just here just for the college football talk, going to be a very short podcast. It's, it's, it's finally your day, though, to listen, but it's going to be very short. So basically, I'm just going to do a rundown of a couple, uh, seven to be exact, uh, college football coaches that three of them that ha- guy got, I gave a A grade in their first year, and then four of them I gave an F grade. Ooh. Okay, so there's no in between. You either... Did a very well, a very good job, or uh, you, you need to find a new, new uh, Work at job. McDonald's. Exactly. So we're going to start off with A's. All right. Um, the number one overall team in the country, Ohio State Buckeyes. Ryan Day taking over for Urban Meyer after he left last year. Ohio State, man, they obliterated Michigan, and we're, I'm, I'm going to bring that up when we talk about NFL in a couple minutes. Ooh. I'm going to tie that into that okay. as well, but. Ohio State just looks like the most dominant team in college football, and they're number one for a reason. So uh, I have Ryan Day leading the Buckeyes to 12-0 and in his first year. Uh, I have him as an A because he can't do anything better than 12-0. and Okay. Second one, this might shock somebody because I don't know if many people pay attention. I don't really pay attention to this team, but the Appalachian State college oh. football team is 11-1 and in Eli Drinkwitz's uh, first year at the helm. I mean, what a job by Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, I mean, there's other coaches, obviously, that have A's. But this is got kind of a diamond in the rough. I have Chris Kleiman at K-State. At Kansas State, leading the team to 8-4 and four in his first year. The only reason, I, this is kind of more of an off-the-field reason that he has an A in my, in my eyes, is that after legend coach Bill Snyder retires last year, um... Chris Kleiman was hired from North Dakota State, and everybody in Manhattan wanted that big splash hire. They wanted the guys like Lincoln Riley, Scott Frost, uh, guys like Ed Orgeron, stuff like that, or people like that, I should say. But then K-State administration and the athletic director from uh, Kansas State goes out and hires a national championship winning coach at the FCS level at North Dakota State, steals him away from the Bison up north, brings him down to the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas. And Chris Kleiman, with all the haters, all the doubters, nobody wanted Chris Kleiman down at Kansas State. They all wanted somebody bigger, a bigger name, stuff like that. But through all of that doubt, through all of that oh adversity, Chris Kleiman led the, the Wildcats to an 8-4 season in his first year. And, and as well as dealing with the fans and how they didn't want him there, I don't know. You know, it's hard to win over a locker room in a year. Exactly. And you have Joshua Youngblood and Skylar Thompson playing very well for the Wildcats. Uh, I know Joshua Youngblood's returned many kickoffs for uh, touchdowns this year. He's the special teams player of the week. He's been uh, he's been given that award multiple times. Skylar Thompson's started off the season really well at quarterback. He's had a little bit of a decline recently, but he's going to pick that up back for the bowl game as well. But, hey, give credit to Chris Kleiman and all three of these coaches – for leading their teams to a positive season. Now, on the other side, we have the F grades. 
Uh-oh. Starting off, we have Dana Hogerson at Houston. He was taken from West Virginia last year and absolutely disappointing season. Um, they started off top 20 team in the country, if I can remember correctly, and they got blew out in a lot of their games when they played quality opponents. They finished the season at 4-8 and eight and are not going to a bowl game. Yikes. Another coach, Jeff Collins from Georgia Tech, led the, uh, oh my gosh, the Georgia Tech What's their nickname? It's some B, but they're three and nine. That's all that matters. A lot of, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, Jeff Collins came from Temple, possibly. I cannot remember where he was before. Oh, it's the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets, okay. Um, But he just did not do very well as the head coach in his first year. I'm looking up real quick where Jeff Collins came from. I believe, yeah, it was Temple. So he was at the Temple Owls before, and now Temple is 8-4 and four without him. So they're not doing so uh, bad without, or him. without him and as bad as he is at Georgia Tech. Next one, Nebraska fans, you're going to love to hear this oh, one. I thought you were about to say Scott Frost. No, 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 no. Mel Tucker from Colorado. Uh, Mel, Mel Tucker did not do very well in his first year at the helm for the Buffaloes. They le- he led them to an impressive, just kidding, 5-7 and seven record. Um, Colorado didn't even make a bowl game. Got blown out this last weekend to Utah, I believe it is. And Utah is now number five in the country. But I have my own opinions on Utah. But since this is not a college football podcast, no, we will not it, be talking. Take ta- it away, Nick. No. Okay, so, so we're going to just take a, take a quick side note here. Regarding Utah and the college football playoff, I really hope that they don't get in it. You think they're overrated? I, th- I not necessarily that, but nobody wants to see Utah in the college football playoff. I'd much rather see Oklahoma jump the Utes and take that number four spot if it's needed. I just nobody wants to see Utah play in the college football playoff. And Alabama will make it because they just lost all Alabama's their out. Yeah, they're done, which I think a lot of the college football world is very ecstatic about that. Last but not least, Mike Loxley from Maryland, head coach, uh, f- came from Alabama. It was supposed to be a splash hire. Maryland started off really well. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders with Josh Jackson at quarterback, but ends up getting blown out to teams like Nebraska, who – Nebraska is not good. Nebraska was not good this year uh, on both sides of the ball. They could have been a lot better. Got blown out at home to Nebraska. Other teams, such as uh, Illinois, I believe, beat them. They lost to Michigan State this last weekend of the season. And they end their season at with a record of 3-9. and nine. Wow. So we have the three coaches with an A grade, Ryan Day, Chris Kleiman, Eli Drinkwitz, and Fs are Dana Holgerson, Jeff Collins, Mel Tucker, and Mike Loxley. Scott Frost is in there somewhere, maybe a B minus. B minus. Uh, B minus. Just because we did improve by a game, but we're not bowl, we're not going bowling. Uh, and now there's going to be an open quarterback to competition come next spring between Luke McCaffrey, Adrian Martinez, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we have an incoming uh, freshman quarterback recruit out of Alabama named Logan Smothers. He is a four-star recruit. And Alabama is not, not too shabby when it comes to the ranks of high school football. And so that's going to be – and he has about eight state records that he broke this year down in Alabama. So, so he might start over so, Martinez. So I would keep an eye on Logan Smothers and Luke McCaffrey. I would bet 
on one of those two starting over Adrian Martinez. Unless Adrian Martinez makes a drastic change, I would I would t- I would put my mo- if I were better, I would put my money on Luke McCaffrey and then uh, Logan, Logan Smothers. Smothers and then Adrian Martinez in the terms of who could possibly be starting. So That's a bold statement. There's my college football talk for today's podcast. Let's get going with the NFL. All right, so the NFL, of course, we go through our week 14 predictions. Already. 14. Yep. Um, We're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. Man, Jason Garrett's on the hot seat. Yes, he um, is. His butt is burning, let me tell you. But I honestly think the Cowboys are the better team than the Bears. Okay. And I think... It'll be a very, very close game just because of all the scrutiny that's going on down in Dallas. But I don't think the Bears' offense will be able to move the ball. So I think the Cowboys take this one 31-17. And I agree with that one. I have the Cowboys taking it from 17 to 13, a little bit closer game. Yep. Dak Prescott went 32 for 49 for accuracy against the Bills. Now the Bills don't have that good of a defense, but missing 17 throws. Yeah, and you know that's the thing is Amari Cooper has been struggling recently. And, yep. And Ezekiel Elliott's not MVP form. Dak Prescott's really the only consistent player on that offensive side of the ball for Jason Garrett and his Cowboys. So we'll see if another player can really uh, go side-by-side with Dak this week against a a Bears defense that has been pretty good at times but also has been not living up to their potential. Exactly. And now the next one, we have the Ravens. Yeah. Um, With Lamar Jackson taking on the Bills. Now, Lamar Jackson, let's just put this into account. Last week, when they beat the 49ers, yes, by a field goal, yep. he had 101 rushing yards. Yeah. Note, he's also taken down the Texans with Watson, the Patriots with Brady, and the Seahawks with Wilson. And then we got Josh Allen on the other side, who yep. went 19-24 and 24 against the Cowboys. Not bad, but Cole Beasley was his main target, it seems like, on that game. Yeah, and man, the Ravens, I just am st- I'm, I'm just in baffled by how well Lamar Jackson is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody saw this coming at the Not beginning at of the year. And frankly, I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Bold I, I really do. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson. No. Um, and their defense is good enough to keep everything contained. Keep, keep, yeah, keep it contained. That's a good word, contained there. Because the Ravens' defense not gonna, or is not going to stop an offense like the Saints, not going to stop an offense like the Packers or the 49ers. But we saw it last week. They did enough to where the Ravens offense was able to do what they do and score points and end up winning. I have the Ravens winning this one 28-14 over the Buffalo Bills. And I have the Ravens winning it 35-10. So both picking the Ravens on that one were both big fans of Lamar Jackson. we, We need to start disagreeing more i know see this is the podcast where you and i agree the most yeah when it comes to court kings if you've listened to that we're screaming at each other half yeah the time. exactly we, we abuse each other after the show gets over <laughs> all right the next one we have the redskins who won last week yeah Dwayne haskins man no i'm kidding i was about to say you didn't do much i'm kidding i'm kidding uh, um against the green bay packers darius i want to say it's darius guise uh-huh um 121 rushing yards two touchdowns Let's keep this in mind. The Redskins are looking to run the ball more because they know they don't have a consistent quarterback. Yep. So, but Aaron Rodgers also had four touchdowns against the Giants, and I don't think Rodgers is going on a decline anytime soon. No, and I'm, I'm going to keep this really short and sweet. The Packers are going to win this game handily 42-7. to I have 24-7 to Packers as well. Um, the next one probably is going to be game of the week. 49ers versus the Saints. Who do you have on this one? I have the Saints. 
Okay, um, it's so really it's it's really hard taking the four or taking in the Saints over the 49ers just because the 49ers have been playing well even though they lost last week. Uh, I just think that the Saints are the better team. Drew Brees is the better quarterback over Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just been doing it longer. Yep. Um, I think Michael Thomas had a down week in terms of Michael Thomas statistics. Uh, last week he had a down week, and I think that changes this week. I think Michael Thomas has a really big game against Anth- er, Anthony Sherman, Richard Sherman. Um, and I think the Saints get it done. They Their defense holds up against Jimmy G and Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostart, and I just don't think that 49ers defense is going to be able to stop the Saints. I have the Saints winning 17-10. to And the 49ers, when they faced the Ravens last week, they had no sacks or interceptions. Mm-hmm. So that just shows, I mean, maybe they'll get something against Breeze, but um, Breeze is or the Saints defense, excuse me, had two interceptions, and they were able to get revenge against the Falcons. If you remember a couple weeks back, the Falcons blew the Saints out of the water. Absolutely. So I think the Saints will take this one 28-24 as well. The next one, we will also talk about coaches here later in a bit. But without Ron Rivera, the Panthers against the Falcons, after McCaffrey only had 41 rushing yards against Washington. They did, or he did, I should say, and they're starting to clean house a little bit. Um, Ron Rivera is one of the first of – many pieces I believe that will be making their way to the exit in Carolina. I think the Panthers take this one over the Falcons. I don't expect McCaffrey to be uh, contained for as little of yardage this week. I think the Panthers take this one 24-19 over the Atlanta Falcons. And I have the Panthers taking it 21-17. to The only thing to note for the Falcons, um, Calvin Ridley had the most yep. receiving yards, and he's a running back. So it's yep. kind of embarrassing. Yes, you don't have Julio Jones, but and yeah, they don't have Julio Jones, and they do not have Austin Hooper either. So those two, those are two main wide receiver targets that are d- out for the Falcons and Matt Ryan. But uh, Grant, I think the Panthers get the job done. Exactly. The next one we have the Chargers against the Jaguars, who actually are going to start Gardner Minshew. Yep. After losing to the Buccaneers. Absolutely, and I think the Chargers will take this one over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I just think that the Chargers are Chargers are finally starting to figure it out with Melvin Gordon. Yes, um, they are. Melvin Gordon's been playing decently well these last couple of Sundays, and I think he continues that against a mediocre to subpar defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um. I think the Chargers take this one 17-10 as well. And I have that same thing, but different winner. I have the Jaguars winning it. For me, Phillip Rivers, yes, he had two touchdowns last game and an interception, but he has not been the same this season at all. And I would pick Gardner Minshew over him. Yep. So, I mean, I guess it kind of depends how Minshew reacts to coming back. I don't know. And I just have the Jaguars. Man, what a bad position to be in if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars just because you signed this quarterback that has led the Eagles to Super Bowls and stuff like that as a backup thinking oh if if we sign him and he's our starter he's a franchise quarterback but here we are he's getting benched because of his poor play so exactly um next one we have the Titans against the Raiders now the Titans in my opinion Derrick Henry I think he's the most underrated running back in the league Ryan Tannehill actually went Mm 2-0 we're starting to see an improvement in him and then, of course, your favorite running back, Josh Jacobs, yep. has been the only consistent piece in Oakland. Yeah, and I'm going to go against Josh Jacobs, and I'm going to pick the Tennessee Titans in this one. Okay. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very close game. The Raiders didn't, if I remember correctly, the Raiders did not play well last week. They only had three field goals. 40-9 uh, loss in, to the Chiefs. And so I think that Josh Jacobs will have a big game. Yeah. Uh, he didn't last week, and I, I think he's a better running back than that to go – and have a bad game two weeks in a row. 
But I think, like you said, Derrick Henry's a good running back, and Ryan Tannehill's showing that he can actually do enough to win a game. So uh, Raiders are no Chiefs or no Packers kind of team. And so I think the Titans will be able to get this one done in a close one, 24-21. And I have the Titans taking it 14-3, to so no touchdown for the Raiders on my half. Um, the next one, we're going to see the Seahawks take on the Rams after the Seahawks just became the second seed in their conference. That's how competitive the NFC is yeah. this year. I, I, I honestly think the Seahawks take this one easily. Um, the Rams are just not a very good team. I do not see the Rams making the playoffs. Um, and I, th- I think Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and DK Metcalf are just three of the many pieces on the offensive side of the ball. The defense strong as ever right now, as strong as it's been all season. Seahawks take this one pretty comfortably, 28-14. to 14. And now the Seahawks taking it from 17-7 to 7 on that end. And then on to the next game, we have the Colts versus the Buccaneers. Both quarterbacks struggled really badly last week. Absolutely, and I, I think the Colts take this one just because I think they're the better team overall. Uh, the Colts coming off of a 31-17 loss to the Titans, like we said. But I think Jacoby Brissett turns it around, and the Colts take this one 17-10. And Winston didn't throw a touchdown. He didn't throw an interception. But Peyton Barber got two touchdowns with only 44 rushing mm-hmm. yards. So that's kind of embarrassing. I think this game is going to come down to the final field goal, and I think the Colts will take it on mm-hmm. that one. Um, the next one, we have the Lions with their third-string quarterback against the Vikings, who just lost to the Seahawks. And the Vikings, man, they barely lost to the Seahawks. Vikings are starting to turn it around here at the second half of the season, and the Lions are kind of going on the decline. They started off pretty impressive, but then they gave up 24 points to a very, very bad uh, very poor offense in the Chicago Bears last week. So I think the Vikings take this one handily, 28-10. to 10. And I have the Vikings taking it 28-14. to 14. I did want to point out one play in the Seahawks game. So Cousins is the first quarterback in NFL history to lose eight Monday night football games in a row. It's record breaker, and he also threw his first interception in 200 throws. If you watch that play, he threw it to Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs did not catch it. And, of course, the Seahawks, like, Wait, okay, yeah, sorry, Seahawks cornerback took it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think it was Kirk Cousins' fault. It was definitely Stephon Diggs because yeah. he should have he caught it. I cannot speak all of a sudden. But, yes, I have the Vikings in that one, 28-14. The next one, you actually got your wish a couple weeks ago. You said, you know who should start for the Broncos? You said Drew Locke. Well, guess yep. what? He started. And and look at that. They won last week against the Chargers. Yes. Um. No, I just I think that Drew Locke was the better quarterback out of the three in the Denver quarterback room. And this week, he gets his first loss. Um, the Houston Texans are just the better overall team. Deshaun Watson's going to have a breakout game against a very, very poor Broncos defense. And we've said it multiple times, Philip Lindsay's just not a very good running back. So Texans take this one 17-6. All right. And Drew Locke already has a target. Cortland Sutton yes. is his target. Um, also, something I saw in the stat sheet, DeAndre Hopkins threw a touchdown. Wide receiver pass. I didn't see that. I didn't see that, but I'm blown away. I didn't know he could throw the ball, to be honest. <laughs> um, the next one, the Bengals, who finally got a win, taking on the Cleveland Browns. Do you think it will be two wins in a row? They keep it going. Okay. <laughs> the Bengals, Andy Dalton actually didn't play well, or didn't play bad last week. No. Um, the Browns, I believe the Browns lost to the Steelers last week in that revenge game or whatever they're calling it. And so uh, the Browns lose two in a row, and the Bengals win two in a row. Um, and it, the whoever gets the first round or first overall pick becomes a little more interesting. Possibly the Jets nowadays. Exactly. I actually have the Bengals winning two. 
yeah, we agreed on that. That's a first. Um, because last week we had this conversation and I was giving him crap. Um, so the Bengals, yeah, you said Dalton. He threw a touchdown, no interceptions. Jarvis Landry for the Browns, however, had 148 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield threw three touchdowns, one interception. One thing to note, though, Odell Beckham hasn't had a receiving or 100 receiving yard game in six weeks. Yeah. So and they did not pay him as much money as they're paying him to have that statistic. Exactly. So kind of embarrassing on Beckham's end. Um, we got Dolphins and the Jets next. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Okay, that's who I took as well. The, the Jets are just playing so poorly right now. And head coach Adam Gase is lucky that they said that he's going to stay there for another year because if they hadn't, I would be worried for my job right now if he hadn't already been fired. So I think the Dolphins take this one in a close one, 24-17. And they took down the Eagles with ease on that they one did. too. They did. Um, the Jets, Robbie Anderson had the most yards last week. It was 101 yards. That's kind of embarrassing for a football team there. Yeah. Um, the next one could also be possible game of the week. We got the Chiefs against the Patriots after the Chiefs smoked the Raiders and Tom Brady just took another loss to the Texans. And I think that the Chiefs will win this one. Okay. Um, I think the Chiefs offense is starting to turn it around. We saw it last week, even though, granted, it was the Raiders, but still. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, will beat the Patriots, and I think they'll do it pretty comfortably. Um, the Patriots offense is kind of starting to show their age. Uh, with Tom Brady at the at the forefront of it. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and, and I think Tyreek Hill has a breakout game this week. So I have the Chiefs taking this one 34-21. And I have the Chiefs taking it 27-24. to 24. Tom Brady threw 24 for 47. That's a lot of missed throws. Mm-hmm. So that's just a lot of throws as a whole. 47, ex- that's 50 throws basically. I mean, right? That's only half. Yeah. Um, Andy Reid was also watching out. He was challenging a couple of plays, and um, he actually got him back. There is one where I can't think of the guy's name, but he was doing pass interference on Sammy Watkins, and the Raiders defender caught it, but it was pass interference. He challenged mm-hmm. it. So Andy Reid is watching his players back, which is always good to see in one of the coaches. Um, the next one, we have the Steelers after they announced that Devlin Hodges is starting this week against the Cardinals. And I have the Cardinals taking this one. Kyler Murray has not been playing as well as he should be or has been in recent weeks. But here we are, uh, opportunity against a, a subpar defense in the Phil- uh, Philadelphia Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and I think the Cardinals take this one 17-12. And I have the Cardinals taking it 24-7. I'm not a big believer in Devlin Hodges. They have Benny Snell as a running back. He only got 63 yards. And I guess James Washington filled in the shoes of Schmeister. Or what, what is his name? Juju Smith-Schuster. I could never pronounce his name. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay, oh, James Washington with 111 receiving yards. Nick's going to give me crap here in a little bit. And then Kyler Murray had the only touchdown. And it was a rushing touchdown against the Rams. So. That that may just have to carry over to the Court Kings oh, podcast. Oh, come on. All right, next game, last game for the predictions part. We have the Giants versus the Eagles. Take it away, Nick. The Giants are horrible. Eli Manning is going to probably start at quarterback for them because of Daniel Jones being in a walking boot as of Wednesday. And the Eagles, though, are horrible. Nobody's going to want to watch this game. Uh Crap game of the fans, week. Fans better hope they're good. There are good commercials. Eagles take this one in an ugly game, seventeen to seven. I have the Eagles taking it thirty-five to twenty-eight. I think it's gonna be high scoring. I don't wow. know. Wow. Maybe Eli Manning comes back and has a breakout a game. I yeah, don't. And then, know. then we have to deal with the whole. Oh, should Eli Manning be starting? And then 
all of that garbage comes over onto newspapers and websites, and it's just like, gee whiz, the Giants are horrible. Saquon Barkley needs to get out before his career is ruined. All right, well, we heard your opinion about the Giants. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to topics. All right. First, let's start off, and we're actually going to start talking about Ron Rivera first. Okay. So we talked. We were going to talk about coaches who need to be fired. I always send Nick topics, and this happened before Ron Rivera got fired. So do you think they should have fired Ron Rivera? I do. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. One, on the side of, yes, they should, because he hasn't done anything in a couple of years. Um, okay. He has the best player in the league in Christian McCaffrey, but... He's had to deal with Cam Newton's injuries, and now Kyle Allen, who was starting off as a really good quarterback, now he's horrible. And so I see both sides of it, and I understand why they went into the direction that they did. All right, perfect. I think they should have gave him another year because previous years he showed that he could step up. But like you said, Cam Newton's injury is not exactly helping, and Kyle Mm -hmm. Allen on this decline, I don't know. We'll have to see – Maybe he'll coach for a different NFL team, possibly. Exactly. And the thing is about the NFL, and we all saw this yesterday, last year with the coaching carousel, I call it the coach coach roundabout because this is all it is, is look at the teams like the Arizona Car or the Jets and the Bills, or Jets and the Dolphins, excuse me. The Jets got Adam Gase from... Oh, gosh. Jets got Adam Gase from Miami. Miami's got uh, some coach. Tampa Bay's coach went to Miami, I want to say, and Arizona's coach went to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians went to Tampa Bay. And it's just like it's literally they just go in a circle, and they just rotate coaches. And so hoping to one time maybe hit the jackpot. So I he'll probably end up coaching somewhere like a – uh, Tampa Bay or like a Atlanta Cowboys, maybe. Who knows? So, do you have Jason Garrett on your fire list? Then they're, they're one. He's one of them. Okay, how many do you have? Three. I have three as well. Mine are Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett, and Anthony Lynn. Ooh, okay. Who are your three? I have Dan Quinn from the Falcons. Okay. I have Jason Garrett, and then I have Doug Marone from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really? So I'm going to start off with Dan Quinn. Okay, so, go for it. He's the head man and the defensive coordinator at. Uh, in Atlanta. His defense, though, is giving up 27 points per game, 368 total yards a game. And through 12 games, they have only eight interceptions, which, granted, is not horrible, but it could definitely improve. With a shaky offense, that includes the decline of Devontae Freeman in the backfield, Julio Jones Jones being banged up, Austin Hooper sidelined with an injury, and Matt Ryan being inconsistent, the defense just isn't getting the job done, and neither is Dan Quinn. So I think he needs to be shipped out of Atlanta. Okay, perfect. I'm going to go with one of mine. We talked about Freddie Kitchens a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He had an all-star roster, and he has not made anything work. Also, if you saw something on, I believe it was Twitter, maybe it was Instagram. Last week, he posted a picture, and underneath his jacket, it said, Pittsburgh started it. Did you see that? I did. I did. And I think they didn't fire him because he kind of sees it coming that he might be fired. You, you didn't You didn't like the, the memo that he okay. was sending? Honestly, I love it. But Pittsburgh did, did, did. They did start it. They did, but... As a coach, you can't give He's that. He's just wearing the truth. You cannot give that image on your team <laughs> like that. So Freddie Kitchens needs to be let go ASAP. I think they should have done it as soon as they saw the post. Goodbye. Be- before that game, just... Yep, just, sorry, just find a new sorry, coach. Sorry, you're done, you're done. 
But Miles Garrett, I need you to lead the team here. <laughs> like, come on, be the coach. All right, you go with one of your another coach. All right, we're going to go with Doug Marone from Jacksonville. So they looked at the beginning of the year to turn around their season um, until about four weeks ago, and now they've lost their last four games by 17 or more points. So, And like I just mentioned earlier, their franchise, in quotations, franchise quarterback, um, is now benched after coming off of a clavicle injury. And the thing is, they gave Marone time. They gave him four years to turn it around, and he's done jack squat. So... So goodbye him. Goodbye to him, and that's that's one of the places like I could see Ron Rivera going, Jacksonville, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of those low lower level jobs that are going to be open. Exactly. So I said Anthony Lynn from the Chargers. If you've noticed the last couple seasons, the Chargers have began drafting good players, getting good players from free agency, and trading for them. Yep. They had Philip Rivers. That's not technically their fault. Philip Rivers sucks this season. They have Melvin Gordon. They have Bosa. They have other figures. Yeah. And he's not making it work. It, that's, that's a good point. I didn't. I honestly didn't even think about him. Right? And the thing is, they should be out of the rebuild process. But looking at their record, it looks like they're still in the rebuild process. And that looks bad on Anthony Lynn. I think mm-hmm. he needs to get out of there, let someone else in. Okay. Now, now we, the hottest, hottest take of across all sport. So I will let you... Explain your half, and if it's the same exact thing, we'll move on, but we'll see. Okay, so we have Jason Garrett, the head man of the Dallas Cowboys. So he has had 10 years to win a championship in Dallas, Where, and frankly, looking at their offense in the first three weeks of the season, I thought that they had the best offense in the league. Um, Dak was playing well. Zeke was doing his part. Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb were doing really well. Michael Gallup was injured at the beginning of the year, but now then he turned it on after he came back. But now their receiving core with Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, they're all struggling. Zeke is not MVP level. Dak is doing very well at quarterback. Dak Prescott's doing very well. But nobody else is doing wonders and nothing side next to Dak to help them. They need more than one person to lead the team in the NFC. Leighton Vander Esch on the defensive side of the ball is not doing very well. Um, I believe Sean Lee may still be there. He's he's kind of struggling as well as of late. The defensive line isn't getting any pressure on the quarterback. and He's I, making bad play calls. I think it's time to get him out of there. I honestly do. Yep. Uh, you hit it right on the head with that one, literally exactly what I have typed up here. Um, now, so if those coaches are getting fired, yep. who are some coaches that could step up? Maybe some from college, maybe coordinators, other head coaches? So the, the most popular name is Lincoln Riley. Um, and okay, so I don't think he's going to want to leave Oklahoma. I do not think he's going to leave. No, but he's just a popular name. So he has it so good with the Sooners right now. So I don't think he's going to leave, but I think his coaching style is a lot to, to the like of Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. Like I said, he won't probably leave and okay. I don't think he should leave. I don't think he'll want to leave, but I, I truly believe that he'll be pursued as a head coach. Okay. I'm going to bring the offensive coordinator from the Patriots. And last year, he, no, was it last year? Maybe two years ago. He was offered a head coaching job with the Colts, but he said no. But if you've looked at what he's done for the Patriots offense, imagine what he could do for the whole team. So I think he would be a good head coach figure. Absolutely. Do you have another one? Or is that I do. One? So this is going to be surprising to some people. Jim Harbaugh. I have that too. Okay. The reason I have Jim Harbaugh, okay, so so in my notes, my first thing that I have said is, why not, okay? And the thing is, 
things are getting dicey at Michigan. Okay, things are uh, starting to warm up under you know warm up under the seat of Jim Harbaugh, and he has recruited well. He's won a few big games, but we just saw it last week. He cannot win the game. Um, they got obliterated by Ohio State, and to over half of the Michigan fans, that's all that matters is whether or not you can win against Ohio State. He's a proven winner in the NFL. Why wouldn't a team like the Falcons, the Jaguars, maybe the Chargers, why wouldn't they take a chance on him? Um, they have the money. He wouldn't have to recruit, which not many coaches, after a couple years of recruiting, they don't like recruiting. Yeah. And it's a lot warmer in Jacksonville than it is in uh, Ann Arbor. So for Jim Harbaugh, I think the thing is, first of all, he claims to be happy in Michigan, but is Michigan happy with him? And when he left Baltimore, what was it, a few years back? I think it was the most controversial thing because I don't think— He left Harbaugh, San Francisco. Is it not Baltimore? Who am I thinking? John Harbaugh, his I'm brother his coaches brother! Uh, in Baltimore. Think okay. about—yeah, that, that's even more. See the success that he's having, his brother is having in the NFL. What if his brother left the NFL to coach a college team? What if they just swapped jobs? John went to Michigan. We're okay, gonna, anyway, uh, we're going to change that in my notes. And, uh, yeah, so 49ers, I don't see why they let him go after. Okay, you know what? I'm just – I know nothing about Harbaugh apparently. So Gee whiz. I just know that he has a brother that coaches the Ravens. Next topic, um, we have <laughs> we have Tom Brady. Do you think it's time for him to call it quits on the league? I do, and there's four reasons why. Oh, we got four reasons. First okay. one. His age. He is 42 years old, and he's had a long, fulfilling career, in my opinion. And the Patriots haven't signed him to an extension, and I can't blame them. The Patriots, as a team, as a business, they need to start thinking about their next franchise quarterback. They traded away Jimmy Garoppolo away, or they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo a couple years ago to San Francisco. And this year's draft, and even next year's draft, is loaded in quarterback talent. So, I mean, it's going to be a big deal if we hear the Patriots. Ta- or trading up for a higher pick in this year's draft. Number two, his production, even though he's still producing, it's not the same as when he was, or it's not the same production levels as what it was when he was in his 30s. Okay, it's just that simple. Number three, and this is more of a, a personal reason, he wants to go out, why wouldn't he want to go out on his own terms? Why wouldn't he want to come out and say, hey, I'm going to retire instead of nobody signing him and him being like, well, I guess on the NFL's terms, I'm retiring. So that's that's a uh, that'd be one reason, I believe. And then fourth, what more does he have to prove? He has the most regular season wins by a starting quarterback, the most passing yards, the most pass, passing touchdowns, the most postseason touchdowns, yards, the most postseason wins and starts, the most Super Bowl touchdowns, the most Super Bowl yards, and the most Super Bowl wins. So we have seen him at his peak. We've seen him at his peak. We've seen him in his prime. We've seen him at the incline. and the, Well, we haven't because we were young. But we have seen him at his decline now. And so we got to see him, Brandon, when he was in the middle of his career. The, 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 top. the, the top, the best part of his career. And now we're starting to see where his production's going down. And so now we can make this conscious decision on, hey, yeah, maybe he should retire even though he wants to keep playing. He's going to be involved in the NFL somehow. It's just whether or not it's going to be with a jersey on. Exactly. And I think if he continues to play another year, he's going to be the next Brett Favre. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I'm going to pull up this quick stat. So since week four, this does not include last week, 
Um, Tom Brady's only had 11 passing touchdowns, six interceptions, and 59% accuracy. Mitchell Trubisky, who's not any better, mm-hmm. has thrown 10 touchdowns, only five interceptions, and 63% accuracy. Mitchell Trubisky's almost as good as he was since week four. And that's kind of embarrassing because Trubisky's not that good, to be no, honest. No, it's not. So, yes, I think that's another sign that Tom Brady needs to step down. So, while we're on the topic of players stepping down, in your opinion, who else needs to step down from the league? All right, I have two, four, two, four, six, seven people. And we're just going to run them off. And it's just, just for obvious reasons. Um, Danny Amendola, the wide receiver for the Lions. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald, the wide receiver from the Cardinals. Okay. Bills running back Frank Gore. I have him too. Giants quarterback Eli Manning. I have him. Redskins running back Adrian Peterson. Rams defensive back Akib Talib, And the Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri. I only disagree with one of those. Hold on. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Larry Fitzgerald. 100%. Why? Okay. I think, yes, he needs to step down. Or, well, how old is he? I, th- I believe he's 40-something. 40 okay, yeah, no, then I'm going to agree with you on that one. I didn't realize he was that old. Okay, I thought he was like 34, 35. I mean, maybe he is. Let me uh, let me look up his age, but go ahead and keep – let's hear yours. So I agree with Frank Gore. I agree with Eli Manning. I have Phillip Rivers on here. He's kind of old too. Phillip he Rivers is. is old. He needs to step down after this season. There is no other stats you need to look at for him to step down. And Larry Fitzgerald's 37, so we were both – Kind of a couple off, but you were you were closer than I was. I think they could let him play one more year. Oh man, Larry oh, Fitzgerald man. isn't doing bad this season. He's not. So give him another year. And Eli Manning's not doing bad on the bench. <laughs> He's warming it up for Daniel Jones. Exactly. All right. So that does it for this week's episode. Next week we're gonna have an hour special. Nick Woo! is gonna be here. I'm still gonna be here. Exactly. And. Thanks. And Andrew is coming back. You've heard Andrew in the very first episode of Weekly Touchdown. A couple weeks back when I wasn't here, Andrew was here. They're going to talk about college football because I, yes. I know nothing. Two else. weeks in a row. And it's not going to be like five minutes like today. It's probably going to be a good 20 minutes. And oh, then yeah. we'll talk about the NFL, give our predictions for everything. We're telling you right now, you'd rather hear Andrew's voice than ours. Yes. Andrew, wait. <laughs> yeah, Andrew knows college football. Nick knows college football. I obviously don't know anything about college football, so I'm going to leave it to those two. (laughs) I'm doing that. We'll see you guys next week for the hour special. See you later.